in today's show. Let's recap all of the action from Sunday, plus all of your usual segments. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We also have shows right across the whole sports gamut. Whatever your favorite team, we have a Locked On show. Maybe you're a Thunder fan. You saw their big upset of the Spurs today. Spoiler alert. Go check out Ryland on Locked On Thunder. Whatever your team, we have a show for you. So we're here now, though, to talk about um, the action. Let's do some news recaps. Let's do Watfo. Let's do some trade work. And then let's get into the recaps of those games, starting off with some news. And there is a report, and I don't know what to make of this at this point, there is a report that LeBron James might be out for four to eight weeks. Now, the report is on The Athletic from Bill Oram, but he is not getting this from the Lakers. He's getting it from a sports medicine person who says, well, injuries of this type might lead you to be out for this long. So don't freak out too much. I think I don't think we're seeing LeBron back at all in week four. Maybe he's back for week five. But this is a guy whose ankle injury and groin injury over the last three years have kept him out longer than expected. For as much as he was an incredible healing machine early in his career, that's he's 37 now. Like, that's just not the case anymore. So we have to worry that LeBron is going to miss multiple weeks, but at least the rest of this week would be my expectation for LeBron with his injury. DeAndre Ayton, out again on Monday. Had the leg injury, came back, and now has missed two straight. And some have speculated that perhaps he is disgruntled about the Robert Sava news report. And the report from Jalen Rose saying that Robert Sava did not want to pay DeAndre Ayton because he was a lazy N-word, which is obviously horrifying. Um, and then Ayton wasn't on the bench after in the last game. He was in the locker room, apparently. But let's watch this scenario. It makes guys like Kaminsky and, and McGee interesting streamers. His MRI allegedly came back clean. We still don't know what the injury is. It's just a, a leg issue. We don't know what the actual problem is. But his MRI came back clean, and hopefully he's back soon. Some weird things going on with the Suns. Maga Porter Jr. has been ruled out for Monday. He didn't practice. Mike Singer, Nuggets beat reporter, says that he expects him to miss a few games. So you might not see Maga Porter Jr. all week this week. PJ Dozier will probably start. Aaron Gordon sliding to the four. So boosts in value for Gordon, for Highland, for um, Jeff Green, potentially as well. So keep an eye on how they decide to run that rotation in Denver. And then there's another front office bullshit going on with Neil, Osh- Neil, o- Neil Olshay. Not only has Olshay failed to put together cohesive rosters over the past few years, but apparently he's just been a massive asshole. And the Blazers are investigating this. And it's not a surprise. Olshay has a famously poor temper. We've seen some of the ways he's treated media members in press conferences. We've seen the dismissive attitude he had during the Chauncey Billups um, hiring process. And, you know, people asking you, what was the process? And well, I'm not telling you that. It's proprietary. 
the bullshit of drinking water after a signal from a PR person, or sorry, drinking water to signal to a PR person to cut off any more questions about it. Now, O'Shea has famously been prickly to people on the outside, and apparently just a downright dickhole to people inside the organization. So the Blazers are investigating this. I think they need to move on from O'Shea from a performance perspective anyway. But maybe this is something that's... Maybe he's gone. Who knows? That's So we've got that. We've got the Sarver investigation. A lot of front office stuff going down at the moment. And it is important to note because these are human beings, the front office people, but the players. And if people are... O'Shea's in here chewing out people. Players may be included. I don't know. If Robert Sarver's dropping racial epithets against his players, do you think it doesn't impact him or the whole team? Of course it does. So it's important for us to be aware of this. Not that we necessarily do anything for fantasy, but we have to understand that these things are impacting players. And um, and there's just some real pricks going around in the NBA. Let's go to Trade Central now and look at the most traded player over the last 24 hours. And it is Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics. He's obviously had some pretty significant struggles this season. Just quietly, if you are watching on YouTube, I actually really like that Celtics jersey. And tell you what, I tell you what's really cool about it is that the Nike symbol has the word Nike, the real old school Nike symbol. I think that's really cool. I like these jerseys. They're nice. Um, anyway, Jason Tatum has been struggling. He was a first round pick and he is not remotely close to that so far. The shot attempts and the shot selection has been piss poor from him all season. We saw a bit of an improvement last game, which is great. And let's hope it continues. But these are the players that he's been traded for over the last 24 hours. Devin Booker. Devin Booker, 50th ranked player last year. People trading him straight up. I'd rather Tatum. For Luka Doncic, who also was picked way too high. I'm not saying that Tatum was picked too high. Doncic was. Um, but straight up for Tatum. Who would you rather there? I probably would prefer Doncic personally. Because that's like a back-end first-round type value player. But that's interesting. Straight up for Bam Adebayo. Bam is obviously outperforming Tatum. But I reckon I'd want Tatum the rest of the year. And then two guys really struggling. Tatum for Damian Lillard. That's an interesting... Who would you want there? I think... I, I, I'm still worried about Lillard and the abdominal injury, although he showed against the Lakers that he's still got some good games in him. I think I would prefer Tatum in that scenario. Let me know down below who you would take out of all those trades. Tatum for Booker, Tatum for Doncic, Tatum for Bam, and Tatum for Lillard. You can tweet it at me as well if you are listening to this on the audio side of things. It's now time for Watfo. What are the... Kids? Is... Fucking odds. All right, what are the odds? Thanks to Jeffrey Kim for, for this one. What are the odds that Carmelo Anthony is a top 75 player this season? Um, all right, what are the odds? First of all, again, if you are on YouTube, drop the comments down below. What do you think the odds are of Carm Carmelo Anthony remaining a top 75 player? I think it's 0%. I could not be more categorical than that. But in saying that, he's the 67th ranked player so far. So have I got a chance to be horribly, horribly wrong here? Yeah. I just don't buy that Mallow's going to block a shot per game or shoot 49% from three or play 28 minutes. I don't think any of those things are happening. I think all of that's falling off as the season goes on. He's been awesome. There is no doubt about that. Really playing above his head. But I do not think he can remain a top 75 player. And remember... It's always the way that I do my rankings is how I'm judging this. He's 67th on my rankings at the moment, so he's ahead of top 75. I'm not even giving him a 1% chance of finishing above that. Josh, you hate Melo. You just want him out of the league. All right, no worries. I just don't think he's going to be a top 75 player. 
but that is where we sit with that. Guys, it is time for me to tell you about the best DFS offering in the game, and that is Prize Picks. It is daily fantasy made easy. It is the best NBA DFS prop game out on the market. It's not just the superstars they have. Even the bench blokes getting a couple of minutes a game. You can bet they're over-unders. Price Picks offers any prop that you can imagine. So all you do is go and make a deposit, use the promo code NBA, and you get 100% match deposit up to 100 bucks. And then you set a lineup. You get two to five different props you put in there, the over-unders. It's just you versus the projections. Combine them together, and you can win up to 10 times your entry. It doesn't just have to be basketball. You can do multi-sport entries as well. Carmelo Anthony, over-under 14 points. Versus Carson Wentz, over-under three interceptions. I don't know who to put in there. Over-under Josh Allen sacking, intercepting, and causing a fumble on Josh Allen. I don't think that would have been a prop on there, but you know, you can combine all these sports together. You can add them, and you can have your entry in in under 60 seconds, either through the website or on the app, and withdrawals are fast and easy. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com using that promo code MBA, and go or go and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Now, when you are watching Carmelo Anthony highlights, you watch them on your phone. You watch the live game somewhere else. Then you've got your favorite shows that you watch here. Then you've got your neighbors log in for the other good stuff. It's just a complete mess. There's so much stuff, so many remotes, so many devices all over the place. I want to tell you about a way to get all the entertainment you love together in one place. And so finally, a way to get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite shows, movies, and sports all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So Get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can find out more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. Okay, so normally I would at this point of the show is go and have a look at who the most added and most dropped players are. We went and did some ads and drop stuff in the Waverwire show early today, so I'm not going to double up on that information here. Go check out that Waverwire show. What we are going to do, though, is flip straight into the game recaps. Game recap number one, we're looking at the Brooklyn Nets. They took down the Toronto Raptors in Toronto. Great. Let's talk about it from a Nets perspective. Durant continues to be excellent. 31-7-7, seven, 61% shooting. He has no problem shooting the ball with this new ball. Nothing's bothering him. He's just been awesome. Seven assists. His assists are still way up there. He's been fantastic. It was a great game from Jim Harden as well. 28-10-8. Finally hit shots, didn't get steals or blocks, but 50% shooting, 5 of 6 from the line. It's a vintage Harden line. And at the time of me recording this, Jim Jim Harden, Jimmy, he's the 7th ranked player. For all of the panics and the hand-wringing, his ADP was 6. He's almost there already, despite the struggles. Blake Griffin had his best game, 28 minutes, 14 and 11 with 4 threes. Undecided whether he plays in the back-to-back. He says he's going to play, but they don't know that for sure. Well, Joe Harris had three threes in 32 minutes. He is a streamer, not a 12-team must roster. He's a 14-team league guy. I think the Shark, Bruce Brown. Baby shark, I don't think we look at him as absolute must roster. 12 points, four rebounds, two steals. The two steals are nice. That does inflate his value. He's starting. I think he's going to start for the foreseeable future. But he's not a must roster guy. I didn't give this update either. Nick Claxton's out for another two weeks with this illness. I don't know what the hell's wrong with him. It's not COVID, but he's been out a long time. Aldridge had a stinker, just the two points, but six rebounds and five assists. He's very up and down. It makes him hard to be a must roster, but he's always a really, really solid streamer. While Paddy Mills is a 14-team league sort of guy, 13 points with three threes. We know he's not a must roster guy, but I guess majority of the intrigue 
in this game was on the Toronto side because Pascal Siakam returned and they said, bang, straight away, you're starting at center. He was on a minutes restriction. He did have early fouls as well, but 25 minutes, 15 points, four rebounds, one steal, two blocks. Now, if your league has significant mental deficiencies, he might be on the wire. Make sure he isn't. Top 50 season, I think, is incoming from, uh, from Pascal from now on. So that's going to be great to watch. With him back, that pushed the big sneeze, Precious Achua, to the bench. Now, people will look at this and they'll go, wow, Achua on the bench, not against starters, really unlocked him. 13-8 and eight with a triple one, and that is really good. 55% shooting, 0% from the line is not ideal. But we also have to remember that Ken Birch did not play. So do we expect... Okay, a couple of things. Do we accept, accept, expect 27 minutes for a chore off the bench? No. Do we expect Pascal Siakam to play only 25 minutes? No. So when Birch comes back and takes his 20 and Siakam gets his another 10 to 12 minutes, where is a chore fitting there? Now, Boucher is nine minutes. Jack Armstrong, he knows exactly what to do with that. Get that garbage out of here! So Precious will still play. I just don't think he's going to be a 13 and 8 triple one guy in 27 minutes off the bench. And to me, he's a pretty clear 12 team drop. Boucher, if you didn't know. Get that garbage out of here! Six points in nine minutes. Well, Gary Trent, the Steel's renaissance finally ended. Nice, Gary! Zero steals. And the problem with Gary Trent, as I've said a million times, is if that's not there, what else are we doing? 14 points is fine, but no threes, one rebound, and two assists. The Steel's were absolutely keeping him flying. They were at gigantic levels. But if they disappear again... He probably won't remain 12-team. He is now, quite clearly, because the Steels have been there. And until they fall off on a, in a significant way, yeah, he's, he's going he's gonna to be great. But, you know, watch that. Um, Svima, Svima, Svima Hiluk, that's what I tried to say. He moved to the bench with five points. How about Scotty Barnes? He started with Siakam back. And we worried a little bit that with Siakam returning that Barnes would lose usage. And he did in a really big way. Is that... What's going to happen as we move forward? I don't know. But this is the fear we had, is that when you've got options of Van Vliet, Ananobi, Siakam, and Trent to shoot it, why would you get Barnes to shoot it? And he took seven shots with a usage of 12. Not that he didn't hit him, 57%. He just wasn't that, use, wasn't that offensive part. Eight, seven, and four with five steals is still a really good fantasy line. But he played under 31 minutes. So I guess the fears we had of Siakam coming back and cutting into Barnes were realized for one game. Whether that continues across other games, I don't know yet. But it is absolutely, when you have that fear again of, we think this might happen, and then it does happen, that's where you get your worries up. The five steals are great, but it really rescued his line. Otherwise, you would, eight, seven, and four with one steal, you go, eh, what the hell's the point of this? I am not, please don't get me wrong, I am not saying do drop Scotty Barnes. Do not drop him. But, we have to see how it all works out with Siakam back. And game one was a, was a fart. It was a thumbs down. Van Vliet, 41 minutes. Nick Nurse is insane with these minutes. Like legitimately crazy. This is stupid stuff. But it's great if you have Van Vliet, assuming he doesn't get injured. 21-3-8 with two steals is great after his rough start. While the Jedi, OG and Anobi. But what about Scarf? OG. Blizziago stop ones. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. 16-8, um, and eight, 38 minutes, three assists. Not great efficiency, but still getting good shot attempts is encouraging. For him, so um, good to see him maintain a little bit of that value with uh, Pascal back. But yeah, how that Ananobi, Barnes, Siakam, Trent, um, Achua, how that all works out is really, really something we're going to have to pay a ton of attention to 
um, over the um, over the coming days and weeks of games. The second game for the day was the Utah Jazz falling to the Orlando Magic. There was no Mike Conley. He was resting. So Rudy Gobert had 21 and 15. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. In fact, really, it was an unbelievable line for... Um, Gobert, 21-15, three seals, four blocks, and seven of eight from the line, and seven of nine from the field. That is just a gigantic performance. It's just a huge, huge night. Royce O'Neal, that's two big ones in a row. I think that's nine steals over his last two games. 14 and seven with two threes. O'Neal is the 107th ranked player in 12-team leagues, but is he a must-roster guy? I don't believe so. But he's absolutely that guy every time the Jazz play that you can stream in, and then you drop him. The upside is very low for O'Neal but he provides 12-team value on an ongoing basis as a streaming sort of guy. Donovan Mitchell. He's done. He's good. 21.7 rebounds, 7 assists. Unfortunately, 33% shooting, but this happens. He has to press sometimes when Conley's out, and the field goal percentage will suffer. The overall numbers are okay. Well, Hassan Whiteside, is he still the worst? I mean, yeah, he is. I'm not going to take that away from him. The worst! But also... Is he, like Royce O'Neal, an excellent 12-team streamer? Yes. 12 and 10 with a block. What more can you ask for in 14 minutes? Boyan Bogdanovic struggled 13 points on 13 shots, while Ingles had six assists in 34 minutes, starting for Conley. Joe Ingles is not a 12-team league guy. Boyan is, even though this was a struggle of a game. While the triangle, Eric Pascal, I, I just don't think he's very good. A lot of people disagree with me on that. I just do not think he's a very good NBA player. Let's talk about the magic. Let's talk about Cole Anthony. He has been one of the biggest surprises of the season. I did not see any of this coming from him at all. On a side note, he is probably the best post-game interview person of all time. Maybe not of all time. Definitely in the league currently. He's, they're like, it's like a WWE interview. I want Mean Gene Oakland out there and talking to him. I, want him, and I felt like it was uh, Dante Marichelli. Is that how you say his name? I'm not, um, I, I, don't, I apologize, Dante. I know it's Dante. Was interviewing him. And... Anthony's just like staring down the camera. I was wanting for him to like steal it. Like, well, you know something mean, Dante. But regardless, he's just, he's piss funny. And he was awesome. Especially in the last quarter. 33 points, five threes, three steals, two blocks, 65% shoot. And this is an otherworldly sort of hot streak from Anthony. It is going to drop off. But this dude is the 27th ranked player this year. If you saw this coming, you are lying. You are lying. Nobody saw this coming. You couldn't. He had 53 fantasy points. Now, is he a sell high? Sure. But I, I'm, I'd rather just write it out. Because Markel Fultz could come back and they just say, well, you know what? Actually, Cole Anthony's the future here. Markel, sit down. That's a real possibility. Now, his efficiency is going to drop off, but holy shit, he was great. So was Wendell Carter Jr. 22-15-6 with four threes and a block. This is the Wendell Carter that I told you that I've Danish backhanded myself over. A guy that can hit threes can rebound, can get assists, can block, and can be efficient. Unfortunately, your mate, old um, the Shadow King Jim Boylan, was out here you know, just denting his confidence. But Carter's just gone wild now. I think that Carter will get starters minutes even when Isaac is back. He's been excellent. Bumba, only 23 minutes for Mo in this one. One, two, three, four, five. But still had two steals and four blocks with nine points. Um, wasn't really in foul trouble. They just went with a different look to close the game. That also kept Jalen Suggs on the bench. 
Six, two, and five, and the shooting remains horrendous from Suggs. I am holding him. I understand if you don't want to. If you want to move on from him, by all means, you will probably end up being correct. But I am still just holding him because I like to give the rookie guards the four to five week leeway. And we're not at that mark yet. Um, Roderick Hampton Jr. 20 points for RJ. Hit like the game ceiling three. He was closing the game. Eight points. He looked good. There's still a long way for him to get minutes. And These 31 minutes of Gary Harris, though, I don't think we actually need to see any of those. And Terrence Ross is just horrendous. Four points in 23 minutes, 17%. He's not even a 14-team league guy at the moment. And I don't think Chumra Kiki's a 12-teamer either. Four and two in 20 minutes. Now, I talked about him on the Waverwire show as maybe an upside grab if they do tend towards him. They're not, but he's just like an upside guy. I don't really fully believe that. And I think I mentioned that on the show as well. Franz Wagner, 10, four and four. That's solid enough to hold. If you're in a 10-team league, Franz is probably a guy that can be moved on from. But I, I would still be holding him in a uh, in a 12-team format. Pretty, pretty clearly. It's also pretty clear that Thanksgiving is coming up. And it's the holiday that's known for food. But the food at Thanksgiving can be often high-calorie, like a slice of pie. Why don't you bring Bilt Bar to the table? Bilt Bar is the delicious new holiday dessert that's going to take Thanksgiving by storm. Instead of a coconut cream pie which sounds delicious, but it's like 400 calories. Why don't you get a coconut Bilt Bar, just 130? Instead of a raspberry pie, get a raspberry Bilt Bar. Astonish your family. Surprise your uncles. Have the kids be really excited about eating this protein bar. that They don't need to know it's healthy. They just need to know it's delicious. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. And throughout the month, you're going to see so many new flavors appear. I wonder if they're going to have a pumpkin spice flavor. I hope they do. That'd be awesome. So go to built.com. And you can save 15% by using the promo code LOCKED15. Go to built.com. The promo code is LOCKED15. Save 15% and become the hero of Thanksgiving by providing you, providing your family the low-calorie, healthy dessert option that is Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever. Okay, let's go on to the third game of the day. The mil- Oh, that's the wrong button. Oh, no. Okay, so we're having, having technical, difficult, technical difficulties here. I'm going to have to fix that up. All right, let's try that again. The Indiana Pacers, yes, and the Sacramento Kings. The Pacers on the road, they were up big, but they end up winning just by three, 94-91. This is the Miles Turner that we've been hoping for for so many years. 35 minutes, 12 and 15 with one steal and five blocks. We have been, just coaches, Bjorkren, McMillan, can you play more minutes? Rick Carlisle, can you play more minutes? And finally, Rick said, all right, took him a while, but we're here. That's awesome. The five blocks, sick. He's the 38th ranked player. Do I feel like it's going to continue? I don't know. But remember, Miles Turner, you're seven foot tall. How come you can't grab a rebound? Well, Miles Turner just said, eat one of those. I'm grabbing them. I'm blocking shots. I'm hitting threes. I'm actually really good. I have said this for a while as well. I've often whispered it because people think that I'm biased. I think he's better than DeMontis Sabonis. I think he's a better player. But I don't know. People won't agree with me on that because Sabonis is an all-star, multi-time all-star. Sabonis, again, I wouldn't say he was great. He was all right. 17 and 10, one assist, the three steals helps. But he just continues, like, I don't know. It's just, he's not fitting in Carlisle's offense and what he wants to do as well as he has in the past. Does that mean that he's a guy that you need to drop? Of course not. Is he a guy that you know, might not finish in the top 20? Potentially, yeah. He had some foul trouble here. So again, that am I being a little bit harsh on him? Maybe. He had five fouls. But still, like he's not he's not blowing us away at the moment, is he? 
With Malcolm Brogdon out, again, um, TJ McConnell started. That's a big TJ game, 18-7-4. And while Brogdon's out, TJ's a rosterable guy. Karis LeVert was terrible from the efficiency standpoint, 22 points on 22 shots with a triple one. While Duarte, Duarte is not going to remain 12-team rosterable, I feel. 15-5, two threes. He's now the 88th ranked player on the season. I think it's going to drop when... is no Brogdon, no Warren. Those guys come back. It's not going to... Um, it's not going to be a, uh, a good time for him, I wouldn't have thought. Justin Holiday, he's only ever a streamer. Five points in 28 minutes while not much else happened there. Interestingly, O'Shea Brissett was a uh, coach's decision DNP. So as soon as Brissett has a good game, I always get the tweets. Hey, do I add Brissett? Like the answer is going to be no under almost every circumstance. Um, For the Kings, the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. We knew the efficiency was going to drop, but still, 22-4-5 with two steals is great. He was 9 of 11 from the line, which is awesome. Unfortunately, just 40% from the field. And he's playing 38 minutes. Like That is an insane amount of minutes for Barnsley, who continues to put up career-best numbers. Halliburton had 17-3-1 with three steals. Well, it's a pretty poor offensive night from Davion Mitchell, just two points. But he brought a steal and a block and six assists. He's always contributing something. He's like 174th-ranked player over the last two weeks. So he is pushing up. But I just don't think he ever gets to being a regular top 120 player. And that's what I need to see to be a must-roster guy. And he's not that. But he is showing little flashes here and there. Mo Harkless went from a 30-minute guy back to 21 again as Terrence Davis is getting some rotation minutes. And I cannot, for the life of me, work out what happens with the backup center. It's Alex Len and it's Tristan Thompson. And it's Len, 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 Thompson, Len, Len, Thompson, Thompson, Len, Len, Thompson, Len. Like, it's all over the place. I can't figure it out, which must be absolute murder on you if you've got them in deeper leagues. I don't know. I don't can't see any pattern. Holmes had eleven and nine, not his best night. Um, while De'Aaron Fox, thirty-five minutes, seventeen points, three steals. Yeah, it's all right, but thirty-seven percent is shit house. The hundred percent from the line on two attempts is good. He's getting slowly better. He's one hundred thirty-third ranked over the last fourteen days. That's great for a guy that was one hundred eightieth to begin the year. He's still nowhere near we need him to be. And maybe he just never gets back to that. I think he can get back inside the top 100 pretty clearly. But maybe he's not a top 50 player rest of the way. Other guys are getting a lot more shots and he is not carrying the load as much as he has in the past. And that's got to be a bit troublesome. The next game, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Wizards. The Bucks still on demand, but let's talk punch Bob. Bobby Portis played 31 minutes, 13 and 13 with four steals and two blocks. He's a must-roster guy. Until at least Brooke Lopez is back. While Grayson Allen, 19 points, four steals and three threes. He's a 12-team league guy until Chris Middleton returns. I have more confidence in Portis returning value long-term than I do with Allen, but they both should be rostered. While Giannis Antetokounmpo... Giannis Antetokounmpo... Starts off looking great. 29, 18 and five, three steals and a block. That's sick. But then just 46 from the field, disgusting and unfortunately... 5 of 12 from the line. That's going to really hurt my Giannis finishes above 70% from the line bet. Hopefully he figures that out. Drew Holiday, the minutes are coming back up. 30 minutes, 14 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. Still a bit of a buy low there. While George Hill continues to start, and probably will until Middleton returns. But he had 6 points. No rebounds in 33 minutes. He's only a very, very deep league guy. And Thanasa Santorokumpo is heading his way out of the rotation with just the... Um, how many do you have? Just the... Six minutes, yeah. Six minutes on uh, for a uh, full Tony Snell. Six, uh, six trillion there. The Wizards. Bealo played 37 minutes. Brad Beal. 
30 points, 8 assists. After his slow start, he's fine. 17th ranked player, he'll start to push up a bit more. Well, it was a great game from Kyle Kuzma. 15, 10, and 5. Probably his best game of the season. Now, despite all the histrionics, Kuzma is awesome, Josh. He's the 133rd ranked player without Rui Hachimura. And now no Bertans. I don't think that he's going to maintain must roster 12-team status, Kuz. Harrell, just 26 minutes. Productive, but just 26 minutes. 15 and 4, steal block 71% because they are going to give Gafford the minutes. 22 for Gaff here, 11 and 8 with two blocks. And this is almost literally exactly what you drafted him for. 83% from the field, 11 points, 8 rebounds, 2 blocks. Do not be disappointed with that. That is what you drafted him for. If you expected 30 minutes, then you had wildly incorrect expectations. This is what you drafted him for. I had Spencer Dinwiddie on the Sal High show the other day. His last few games have been, you know, been showing you hopefully you did sell. But this is like a low point. Six points on 25% shooting. He had four assists, no steals, no blocks. And the reason I was low on Dinwiddie and the others was historically low steal rate. A historically low, well, not historically low, but like a really bad three-point attempt rate. Bad percentages. Not great free throw numbers. He's a volume scorer who gets assists. That's who, how I view him. And we've seen that start to fall back to earth for Dinwiddie, who's now 91st over the last two weeks. I don't know whether he finishes as a top 100 player this year. KCP had four steals, and he's good in that category, but he's not too good in too many other areas. Well, Denny Avdi, I've got to give a shout out to him. Two blocks, nine rebounds, a steal, four assists. Good production. Now, only three points on three shots, which is shit house. But of course, with Bertans out, there is an opportunity, and Hachimura and Bryant out, there is an opportunity for Avdia to play some minutes. That's just a very, very deep league scenario. But um, good to see him at least putting up some numbers. Let us go on to the next game. What a game this one was. The Cleveland Cavaliers and New York Knicks. Now, when I look at 126 Cleveland, 109 New York, it was fun. There was just bombs going off everywhere in this game. And let's start with the biggest bomber of them all, Ricky Rubio. The ravishing one played, actually, you know what? It deserves his music. He, he was this good. Um, 31 minutes, 37 points, 8 of 8 from 3, or no, 8 of 9 from 3, missed his last one, 10 assists, and Colin Sexton's injured. Rubio's a must-roster player across all leagues. He had 55 fantasy points. I mean, he's not going to be this good, and he had a real drop-off, but that was insane. Evan Mobley is the absolute clear rookie of the year runaway favorite. Has to be. He is unbelievable. I like Scotty Barnes. He's been better than expected. He has not been anywhere near as good as Evan Mobley, and I'm sorry, I know Raptors fans will hate me. They are the most aggressively active online fan base in the NBA. But Mobley, you cannot form a cogent argument to say that Mobley has not been the rookie of the year. He's been unbelievable. 26, 9, and 5, two threes, a steal, and a block. He was 73% from the field. He was making crazy passes. He's The way he's elevated this team defensively has been insane. He's been awesome. Jarrett Allen was also really good. 18 and 17 with two steals. It's helping both of these guys' minutes that both Love and Markinen are out, but this is their future. And, and I'd, I had significant skepticism of how they would work together. It's worked pretty well. Been very impressed. I'm also impressed with Garland. 16-3-5 with four triples, although he had one of the weirdest things you'll ever see. He had an inbound in the fourth quarter, went to throw it in, the ball fell out of his hands and rolled backwards. <laughs> so I don't, know what the, I don't know what happened there. That was weird. Um, while Dean Wade continues to start and do nothing, while Sexton, eight points in 13 minutes. No update on his knee injury yet. We don't know what happened. We don't know what the severity is. He's obviously been playing poorly all season anyway, 170th ranked player. I am holding him, but if I hear that he's out for two weeks and I don't have an injured reserve slot, I might have to move on. 
He seems deprioritized on this team. Mobley, Garland, Allen, Rubio, all these guys deserve the same sort of offensive looks as Sexton's been getting. And that's the thing we've talked about with Sexton time and time again for Dynasty Bowl. Yes, he's putting up good numbers, but it's because he's getting force-fed shots in minutes that he doesn't deserve on a good team. And this Cavs team, they're a good team. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but they're a good team. So he should be marginalized. The Discman, C.D. Arsman, just the two points, missed all five of his shots. Played 31 minutes, though. That's what's encouraging. So if Sexton, Okoro, Markinen, if these guys are going to be out, Osman can have some stream value. For the New York Knickerbockers, some very interesting stuff happening here. Did Mitch Robinson take it from here? No, but I want to play the music because I need a breath. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. Only 17 minutes for Rob without the fouls. Now, he blocked five shots in that time, which is awesome. But 18 minutes or 17 minutes only is a massive concern. Ignore the blocks. Look at the minutes. I think he's a drop. Because Nerlens Noel played 30. Now, Noel had five and six with three steals and three blocks. Noel is a must-roster player. Julius Randle. Like, eh? He was like top three guy over the first week and a half. He's now down to 19th and the 36th ranked player over the last two weeks. This is what we had some fears about in the preseason, is that usage would drop off. Now, 1977 is fine, but the thing that hasn't happened is he hasn't seen his efficiency increase. Another poor shooting night, 42%, 41%, in fact. He had a sick block on Jarrett Allen towards the end, but he's just not quite there yet. With Kemba Walker resting, Derek Rose started, had 17, 1, and 5. Rose can be a streamer, but there's a chance he doesn't play on Monday as well. Well, quickly got really hot, 12 points, 5 assists. I think he scored all 12 of those in the final quarter. And interestingly, Thibodeau played Quentin Grimes the entire fourth quarter. He had a couple of threes, but they still got blown out. But interesting to see him get those minutes while Rowan Barrett. This is why I still have reservations about Barrett. Six points on 13 shots. No threes, no steals, no blocks, three rebounds, and one assist. He'll have the occasional, or you know, a string of decent games. And then because he lacks some of these peripherals that it causes the value to drop off. He's 111th player on the season. He's 100th over the last two weeks. I just don't ever think that he's got top 40 or top 50 upside. I could be wrong on that. I just do not see it with Barrett. There's just too many of these weird stinkers that get thrown in. Fournier had 15 points in his 29 minutes in this game. Let's go on to the next game of the day. And that is the... Sacramento, not Sacramento, Jesus. The San Antonio Spurs, they go down to the Thunder. Wow. Didn't expect that one, did you? 99-94, the Thunder get the victory uh, over the Spurs. Let's talk about the good things first. With Yucca Pertle out, Drew Eubanks has streaming value. 14-11, three blocks. He's blocking a ton of shots. There's value in that. Keldon Johnson had a really, really good game. Very good. 22 and 6, two steals and a block. Contributing right across the board. Hyper efficient. Got to the line. Everything was great. I would sell high if I could. That's a really good game from him. And DeJounte Murray was bad. Efficiency-wise, anyway. 10 points on 26%. But eight rebounds, nine assists, three steals and a block. It just keeps you a nice buffer. He's been excellent this year. Let me tell you about someone who was not good at all. If I could find it. Maximum Derek just dreadful like that is dreadful zero points on 0 of 10 shooting he was way off like just way off his usage is down this season as well he hasn't got his efficiency back up that's a terrible game now do not drop him but that's bad five assists a steal and a block so he's still got those you know peripherals but it's very hard to do anything when you go 0 of 10 from the field well Doug McDirt he shouldn't he just shouldn't be starting 
19 minutes for 10 points. He doesn't need any of those minutes. Lonnie Walker bounced back, but still 15 points on 14 shots is a struggle. Well, I think Thad Young is a 12-team guy at the moment. 10, 8, and 3 with a steal and a block. And it was a stinker from Devin Vassell. Six points on 25%. I would still hold Vassell over Walker. Would I have Young over Vassell? It depends what I'm looking for. Immediate production, Young, Vassell later on. They just need to move into a situation where McDermott is gone from the lineup, from the starting lineup, and Vassell takes his spot. That's what I'm waiting for. For the Thunder, Shay Gildas Alexander, 14, 8, and 9 with a triple one. Not his best, but still fine. Well, it was a great game from Darius Baisley. Don't look now, but Baisley's the 130th ranked player over the last two weeks. That doesn't mean you pick him up, but he's improving. 11, 11, and 4 with a triple one. While the Moose, he got loose. 20 points for Muscala in 14 minutes, three threes and two blocks. While uh, Joe Rogan had 13 and 4. If you, those of you who don't know, that's Jeremiah Robinson Earl. The problem with Robinson Earl is not a problem for him. It's a problem with how Mark Dagnott uses him. If I knew that Robinson Earl was going to start every game, he'd be a 14-team ad. 13 points, three threes, two blocks. But I don't know that. Rough night for Giddy with 7-7-4, seven, seven, and four, and Lou Dort had 13-7 and seven on some pretty rough shooting there as well, while Favors had just 12 minutes. That center rotation is all over the shop. I don't know how to, to look at it on a game-by-game -game basis. It changes seemingly every game. If you are still holding Alexei Pokusevsky in 12-team or even 14-team leagues, I reckon we can move on. He just doesn't look like he's got anything going at all. I, I like the upside swing on him. I like the value on him as a draft pick for the Thunder at the time. It, it, it's not happening at this stage. And I think in fantasy, we just need to look at him as a, not in dynasty, I still think there's upside in him. But I'm losing faith of how far that upside actually goes. And the Salt Flake, Phil Maladon. He's like way out of calculation. Seven minutes only for the Salt Flake. Obviously, Giddy is the the point guard of the future there. But Maladon being way out of the rotation, it's not, it's not something that I necessarily saw coming to that degree. All right, let's go on to the next game. The Warriors comfortably handle the Rockets, 120-107. The Rockets, Daniel Tice played 21 minutes, but still 14-5 and five with two threes of steel and a block's really good. I'm watching him. He's more of a 14-team league ad than a 12-team guy, while cousin Kevin Porter. Was he shithouse again? Yes. 11 points, but the seven assists are nice. And then he had to exit with a thigh contusion. He has been really bad this year. There is no denying that. I thought he would be better, not necessarily on court, but from a fantasy perspective. And he's let me down in that respect. Not that he gives a shit what I feel, but he's just not that good. Um, hold him though. No Eric Gordon, no Daniel House. So we've got 33 minutes of the wild thing. Jay Sean Tate and he had 21-11. This is, look, add him, but it's also a big sell high. I just don't see him being able to maintain this level of production. We got 16 minutes of Armani Brooks for seven points, so that's cool, I guess. And let's talk about the crucifix Christian Wood. This might be an an un. This might this, you might not like what I'm going to say. Christian Wood played 24 minutes. He had four points after the Nuggets game. They lost by one. Christian Wood complained. Oh, if you had given me the ball more, we would have done better. Yeah. Oh, Jokic didn't worry me. He was fine. I I just needed the ball more so I could do more. Was this a protest game from him in terms of not taking shots? I don't think he took a single shot in the first half. Hindered with four points on five shots. Was it Steven Silas saying, well, you think you're so good? Look, we're not going to give you the ball. This guy has talent for years. He's had all his talent. It took him until he was 26 to break into the NBA because of off-court stuff and attitude problems. Is this, an atti is this the attitude problem? Him thinking he's way better than he is? Christian, pull your head in. You're not that good. You're not. Your team's not that good. You're not that good. 
So I don't know who would, if, whether it's a game plan thing or him refusing to shoot because he thinks he needs more of the ball. I don't know what it is. But he has a history of being an off-court dickhead, and I don't know if that's part of it. The four steals are too nice, but 24 minutes. Um, spoken about this at length in the offseason. I think it's a massive chance to get traded. He is not part of their future, I don't believe. Their future is someone like Alperen Sengun, who was dreadful from the line today, 5 of 12. But 12 and 5 with a 3 and a block is still pretty good, and I still think he's a must-roster player. While, um, what else do we need to talk about? Oh, let's talk Jalen Green. Rookie guards will always suck. Much like what I said with Jalen Suggs earlier, I will give him a few more weeks. But the problem you have with him is, outside of scoring, what does he do? And the answer is nothing. Zero rebounds, two assists, and a steal. 33% shooting. He sucks. He's really bad at this point. That is not to preclude him from becoming good in the future or even this season. I think he will improve significantly this year. But you have to have that patience. If you're in an eight-team league, get him out of here. If you're in a 10-team league, consider it as well. But in a 12-team league, I would hold him. If you draft rookie guards, just burn this into your brain. If you draft rookie guards, but you have to be prepared for six to eight weeks of absolutely shitful percentages. It's just good. And if it doesn't happen, then thank yourself. Thank your lucky stars. It might last a whole year. This is what happens with these guys. But you're drafting him for the February, March, April, January, February, March run. Let's hope it comes. It might not come. And you're going to have to just deal with this sort of level of terribleness for a while. For the Warriors, Geordie Poole was great. And this is what we wanted to see. Nine of nine from the line. Five assists and 25 points. This is why you didn't drop him to start the year. You hold on to him. Otto Porter was great as well. 15 and nine, five threes, two steals and a block. Now, I wouldn't read too much into that, but it's still good. While Curry had 20 points and Draymond had six, eight, and nine. They didn't need to play a huge amount. But how about the mitten? Gary Payton again. 20 minutes. 10 points, three assists, four steals. The steals, he's always going to bring high-efficiency offense. He's a part of this rotation. He has at least 14-team league value, Gary Payton, at the moment. Wiggins had 16 points, a pretty rough night, while Damian Lee, eh, he's losing out a bit with Poole and Payton playing this well. Four points for Lee. You, know, you can still stream him Monday if you want, but he's just a deeper league player at the moment. While someone like Payton has taken those minutes that may have gone to, say, uh, uh, Moses Moody, who, um, yeah, he's just not going to have much of a rotation role this year at all. When you look at Modi, Moody, Modi, Moody, Modi, Moody, Modi, Moody, Modi, Moody, Moody, Moody. All right, let's do the last game now. What a crazy game this was. Big runs from both teams. The Hornets got out big early. The Clippers pegged them back. The, the Hornets got out big again. In the end, it was just like a 22-0 run to end the game. And the Clippers end up winning 120-106. to Lamelo Ball and Miles Bridges were great. 21-7-3 for Ball with three steals, while Bridges had 21-4-6. And, and even though it was inefficient from Bridges, still a good line overall. Well, Rogier finally had a good game. Now, he unfortunately was terribly inefficient also. 17 points on 22 shots, but the eight rebounds helps. I don't think he's getting back to last year at all, Rogier, but probably should be your top 100 player. Cody Martin played 30 minutes. He had three steals. He's an excellent three-point stream, uh, steal streamer who's providing some okay numbers. He's not a must roster. He's like a Royce O'Neal type, I think. While Plumlee had two points in 25 minutes. Interesting, he played just 25 minutes, considering that Nick Richards only played 13 and there was no other center. So they just went small most of the time with a lot of bridges at center. Um, that enabled Martin to get those extra minutes. So yeah, some of that is the Washington absence did help Cody Martin there. Ubre had 16 points, but just one of three from the line. 
He had a triple one, but I'm not looking at him as a 12-team guy, while Gordon Haywood had 15 and 7. Pretty poor line from Haywood, who's been relatively poor over the last week or so. Um, yeah, still, still obviously worth rostering, but not at his best. While for the Clippers, just big games everywhere. Let's start with Serge Ibaka, who did return. Not that he had a big game. He had 5,008 minutes and had zero points, but just good to see him back. I do not see him as a must-roster 12-team league guy. Zubats played 28 minutes, had 14, 11, and two blocks. That is three big games from Zubats in a row, and he was eight of eight from the line. Now, they did run three centers here with Hartenstein and Ibaka both playing. I'm not looking at Zubats' must roster, but this is good enough to hold. While Batum had 16 and six, four, four, four threes, three steals, and a block, he's a great short-term guy as well. Best game of Terrence Mann's year, 17 and 10 with two threes. He's fine as a 12-team league guy. But again, there's still guys to come back like Morris into this lineup. Paulie George had 20 and 9 with 8 assists. Inefficient night from George and didn't attempt a single free throw, but otherwise solid. Well, Canard dropped in 18 points and 6 triples off the bench. And Lukey is providing 12-team league numbers at the moment, while Reggie Jackson had 19 points on 18 shots, but still had 6 assists. So just a ton of fantasy value. The value didn't extend to Eric Bledsoe, who's a steel streamer. Only 7 points in 24 minutes. You can go ahead and uh, Jack Armstrong him in 12-team leagues. All right, so let's give it a bit of an update on the Locked On Championship Leagues. We'll do it for the Roto League. We'll do the head-to-head league tomorrow. For the Roto League, um, I'm in third place. Again, like 12, 12 games behind the team that's in first, which is the Beloved. So I'm sitting pretty happy with being in. Now, they are 10 Roto points ahead of me, but they've played like 15 extra games. So I'm pretty happy sitting there, but the Beloveds, congratulations, you are at uh, top spot after the uh, first three weeks of the NBA season. Let's now have a look at the top producers in fantasy leagues for today. Number one in nine category leagues was Rick Rubio, followed by Cole Anthony, then Rudy Gobert, Wendell Carter Jr., Kevin Durant, Evan Mobley, Miles Turner, James Harden, Bradley Beal, and Jordan Poole. For deeper leagues, these guys are rostered in under 50% of leagues. Um, Drew, Drew Eubanks, he's a short-term ad. Otto Porter, and I think a lot of things going his way there. Not really keen there. Royce O'Neal, great streamer. Darius Baisley, 14-teamer. Mike Muscala, fluky. Daniel Tice, 14-teamer. Gary Payton, 14-teamer. Luke Kennard, nice 12-team value. Jeremiah Robinson-Earl, if I knew that he was going to start every week, I'd look at him for 14 teams or every game. And then Denny Avdia, who's got some short-term value with some of the guys out there, but more for 14 to 16 teamers. And then for points leagues, we're looking at number one being Yanni Antetokounmpo, then Gobert, Rubio, Cole Anthony, Miles Turner, Wendell Carter Jr., Jim Harden, Evan Mobley, Bobby Portis, and Jared Allen. That will do it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, give it a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below. Subscribe, notification bell. Tell your friends, guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.